Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabe Morenci, and I'm on the grid, and so is the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. Let's do this thing. Great to be back. Great to have the UFC back. We've got more fights. We've got races. We've got golf games uh, coming up uh, at the end of the week. Let's do this thing, Cam. Good to see you, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, UFC, uh, you know, Peter paid Paul most of the time. If Ferguson would have won with Watterson, I think we, me and you both would have won some big money. But I got to tell you something. Just my opinion, I like it without the fans. I like hearing the shots. It just you really see what these guys go through without the fans, just the sound, the Christmas of the blows. And you know what? It's one sport, I think, that works without fans. It, it was fantastic. I kind of enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, I got no problem with fans not uh, participating at UFC because I like the raw sounds. Yeah, we can definitely get into uh, the whole fans uh, thing at sporting events and what what impact do we did we ever really have? <laughs> on exactly. These events? <laughs> uh, and, and, and as you stated, it's a good point about there's more focus on the fighters almost, right? There was just there's no, you know, sometimes when when you know the the, the fans will get impatient, you know, or a, a good fight will take place on the mat, and it won't be like this stand up war. And the crowd can often dictate um, things too much. Sometimes with the judges, sometimes with referees in sports uh, at times we see. So the, the no fans thing is actually very unique. Something that was really unique about it, actually. And I don't know if you remember, but I talked about this last week. And I said, I look forward and I still, I still want to get more feedback. But I want to hear what it was like for the fighters. What was an advantage for them? What was a disadvantage uh, for them? Um, about fighting in Jacksonville, about fighting without any fans, about going through the testing and and the entire process. And one common theme, Cam, is, and this has happened before, actually, that fighters were making adjustments during the fight due to what Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier were saying. (laughs) They could hear them. Yep. They could hear them. The play-by-play, crystal clear. Now, the thing is, at times, fighters can sort of hear them. All right, like, you know, so it's not always as loud in the arena and, you know, your ears get accustomed to the noise and stuff. So at times when they're closer around the, that side of the cage, because it's happened before where there was a little bit of controversy. A dude, Cam, was on his back and he was about to get tapped out type of deal. And Joe Rogan said, all he has to do is roll over to his right and then pull this. <laughs> like, Rogan basically said what he has to do and Buddy did it mm-hmm. after. And he even said, thanks to Joe Rogan, wink, wink. You know, he goes, I kind of heard Joe Rogan talking, and he was right. And we heard countless fighters say uh, on Saturday, Kevin Jacksonville, I heard what Daniel Cormier was saying during the fight, and I adjusted. I heard something Rogan said during the fight, and it made me think, right? Like, one guy was getting kicked all the time in the leg, and basically, Cormier was like, you got to check that. He's got to check these legs, and he did, right? And it's a very interesting dynamic, Ken. Most of the time... An athlete won't care. Like, a football player is not going to care what they're saying in the booth, right? They're not going to get tipped for all they should run the ball more. But in fighting, it's different, right? It's different. And Joe Rogan knows what he's talking about. And Cormier knows what he's talking about. And they actually give, like, analysis during the fight. So it actually does, like, help a fighter sometimes. That was a very interesting uh, uh, dynamic uh, to me, Cam, as far as the UFC was concerned. Now, 
You mentioned Peter Pace, Paul. Right back to it, buddy, and we'll get to it. It was unbelievable how we rolled over all these fights to have betting back. Minus $13. Yeah, yeah, it was like plus was $7. Yeah, well, I lost I can't 13 even buy, bucks. <laughs> can't even buy a bottle of wine. No, I've even... Right, hold that thought. Hold, hold that thought. As we want to welcome everybody listening on SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Gabriel Morenci. It's great to be back. Let's do this thing. Throwing it down with a raging redhead. Cam Stewart, no guests. Um, like... Uh, <laughs> Like, no fans, no guests. No fans, no guests on this show. No fans, no guests. I like what Ryan Spann said. He was the first one up. He fought your boy, Smiling Sam Alvey. And I tell you what, Smiling Sam Alvey caught him a few times, too. And was, was you know, he that was nearly an early uh, parlay buster. Uh, but uh, so Ryan Spann was asked, he was the first fighter to be interviewed after uh, by Rogan, and he said, so, uh, it's kind of weird in here, right? There's a big arena, and there's no fans. And he goes, nah. He goes, I don't care. And he goes, uh, I actually prefer with no fans. I don't like them anyways. <laughs> I like this guy. He's the yeah, best. Yeah. yeah, me too. I cracked up. He goes, he goes, man, I don't like them anyways. He goes, I don't, I don't like people. He you goes, know? I don't need people. And he goes, he goes, uh, they said, without an audience. He goes, I don't care. I don't like them anyways. He goes, I don't need those people. And then he goes on. He goes, we had an audience. Jesus. <laughs> no, it's the best. And I've been noticing, too, because we were talking about wrestling. I was watching wrestling the other time, and Bailey, that women's wrestler, is like, hey, Michael Cole, shut up! Shut up! Because <laughs> like, all you hear is, like, oh, Bailey, big trouble right now. She goes, I'll fight you right now, you piece of crap. She went out and, like, grabbed the commentator because all you hear is him ripping her. So... It's kind of like now these sports, you're utilizing just the commentary, no fans, like, into the act and stuff like that. I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, all right. So, uh, you know, listen, the UFC, and you're, you're right. And also, as you mentioned, you can really hear the contact. Listen, I've sat cage side before. I've been in corners before. I've been right up there before. And when you're that close at times, you can hear it, and but, you know, you can't really get the full impact of it. But without any, without any, you know, people screaming and everything, you can really hear like the, you know, the, the crack of the fist to the, the, the bone and stuff. Dude, there was one fight, the Vicente Luque Nico Price fight. Oh yeah, like there was once, man, he hit him. It was like a baseball, uh, like a, like a bat to a ball. It was like tuck. It had this like tuck sound. Yep. Price just collapsed and went down. That guy's Some... face was spaghetti, Price. He took oh. a beating. I got to hand it to that guy. I hope now, Dana White will come up with a nice ball. That's, that's the thing, right? And we talk about this. Me and you were like, uh, you know, back and forth texting a little bit. And this is what I'm saying. Like, all these guys who are high-powered in the UFC make money. You're taking your life in your hands every time you go to the octagon. I really hope he greases them. The danger pay I talked about, it's like... And these guys, they could be gone anytime. Anytime you get your, you know, a, a, a blow that it could end your career. One shot, you're done, you're a vegetable. Anything could happen. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Renzi, poking down the raging redhead can stored SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. Let's do this thing. The UFC is back. NASCAR will be coming back uh, this weekend. We've got uh, the Skins game uh, this weekend as well. We talked about it last week. Uh, Indy racing is coming back in the first week of June. Formula One is coming back. Bundesliga soccer 
is coming back, and there's a lot of reports about baseball coming back, but I wouldn't get as excited about that as I would the Bundesliga <laughs> I agree. Uh, coming back. Well, I don't want to repeat ourselves, but there's a new there's a new story, there's a new deal. At least now it's funny. I mean, you know it's true, actually. When we talked about it last week when Tony Clark said, man, it's all rhetoric. They haven't even proposed one single thing to us in reality. Mm -hmm. And now they're proposing things for real. And, uh, you know, they've got conference calls with each other, and I believe they're, they're actually meeting tomorrow. Um, they're going to they're gonna have a face, you know, they're going to sit down and actually discuss this or, you know, conference call, virtual meetings, et cetera. The owners are really pushing this right now. And, and there's a lot of issues with baseball, guys, never mind the safety factor of it, all right? You have the safety issues, but like everything, you've got monetary issues and big monetary issues and... Tony Clark's latest comments were the negotiations are over. Like he basically stated, any meeting that we have should only be about what's your safety protocols, what's your yeah. plan, not what are we doing with salaries. And in fact, I'll just bring it up. He, he brought this up and they had a very good point, uh, actually. Uh, Major League Baseball did. Um, the players did. And you know, we talked about how good their union is. They said, listen, we took, we took a 25% pay cut already. All right, and they did. So their salaries all got slashed 25% of Major League Baseball. They said that's that was in the collective bargaining agreement. If Correct. something happens like this, we lose 25% of our salary. He said, there's nowhere in the CBA that says because there's not fans or that you're not selling popcorn that we get less money. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Andrew Miller brought up a great point. And he said, you know, if the owners are selling a ton of tickets. We don't go to them and say, we get more money now. Exactly, yeah, they you can't have it both deal. ways. Yeah, they, like yes. he, he said, we're not like the other leagues. What about when the stadiums the are packed? have a salary cap it, and yes. a system where they're sharing money. Yes. He said, we don't have this deal. He goes, we agreed to get paid and they sell tickets. If they make a ton of money, there's the, the exact terms were, if the owners hit a home run and a grand slam, and sell and make all this money, we don't go to them and say, you owe us more money That's because right. you Where's sold all these tickets. <laughs> Where's we our play guy? to the contract that we signed. Exactly. And they said it's a non-starter. Non-starter. And you know what? I know people are going to turn on baseball players, Cam. Uh, I'm on the player side They're going to blame them and all, oh, you guys, you're all greedy and you're selfish, you should play. I totally understand their point of view on this. I agree with you 100%. But think about it. Playoff revenues, extra revenues, Teams like the Yankees sold out all the time. You don't have these guys going, okay, well, where's my 7% uh, cut right here? We're making this and this and this. I agree with you. So every time the ownership makes money or things go well for a team, they don't get yeah. any extra. They don't get any extra. So now you're expecting these guys. They're already cool. Hey, I give you 25%, but that's a shave. They don't need two shaves, buddy. I think they, I, I'm with the players on this one. And sometimes we look at things, the whole perspective it's right. Ownership has been making money when things have been going good. This is their time where the players are going to go, enough is enough, and I have no problem with that stance. They've already lost 25%. Who says they need to lose more? I'm with you. I, I'm all for the players in this one. And if you're a player, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? So put it yeah. this way. Put it this way. So they've lost So they've lost 25% of their salary. So let's say you make $10 million a year. All right? Suddenly you made, you're getting $7.5 for the year. Mm -hmm. Now, though, you're only going to be playing, you know, let's say you play 80 games. 80 games, yep. You're going to get paid prorated for the games that you play now. All right? Like, that's the new deal. And the players don't have a problem with that. 
All right, I make whatever my salary is, divide it up by 80 games. That's what you have to pay me every game. Simple. That's what the contract says now, right? Now they want them to take more of a pay cut again, like another 25, 30%. Now, Cam, these guys, when you make that much money, they're getting hit hard by the IRS, like basically half the money almost. Yep. Essentially half the money. Let's call with their, with their agent and taxes. I, I'd say probably even more. Yeah. So, exactly. So... So they're down to 75%. Now um, you, I'm going to only make half of this. And now you want me to take even less now. It won't be worth it. Like Bryce Harper makes $35 million a year. In the end, you're asking them to do this for like 6 or $7 million. Yeah, and what about the guys who don't make a lot of money too? Think about how their uh, salary gets diminished. That, it, it becomes a problem if you're not a Harper or a Trout Clayton yeah. Kershaw, big dogs in the league. You're just a guy that get called up. You know, you're looking for that next deal. Think about all the players that just had coming off a career year. They're they're into something. Oh, if I play well this year, I can make more money. So, you know what? The ownership, they've done quite well in the past. Uh, you know, kind of like Mr. Burns. Hey, more money. Throw it on the pile. Uh, they're asking a little bit too much, and I will definitely defend the players because you said it, man. Uh, the owners, uh, they never asked for a cut when they were making it hand over fist. It's a system the owners created. Yeah, yeah. So you exactly, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, so you guys, this is these are the rules. Now you're going to come back. Yeah. And it was a great point. Like I said, that Miller brought up. He said we're not like the other sports. We don't have any direct, any direct, um, any sort of um, connection to ticket sales or revenues. Mm -hmm. He said like we don't. We're we're not part of that. So, and he said if a team does really well, then we don't go and say, well, our contract's not void. Our, our contracts are void, and you have to give us an extra 25% now. And it's a very good point uh, that they're raised. But, it's, you know, it's basically the, the theme of the world, isn't it, Cam, in which rich people want sort of poor people. It's like, listen, well, I'm not the one losing money. You're going to be the one who loses money, mm -hmm. right? And But in reality, the owners are losing money. And a lot of the owners, they're losing money in real life, too. So like they that's don't really. Not the, that's not the player's problem. That's if not you, the player's if me, problem. If me and you exactly. are owners and we have side businesses and we're losing money, how the hell is that Andrew Miller's fault? It's not. You guys are rich and rich people love to get richer. So they put their hands in a lot of different pies. I'm sorry your restaurant chain is failing. I'm sorry your other business is failing. How is that the damn Major League Baseball player's fault because you're rich and you got involved in other businesses that are suffering with COVID-19? It's not the player's problem. Well, that's a great point. Imagine if you were a player... And, you know, you you had business issues and you're going bankrupt mm -hmm. or, you you know, you, you lose a house or something. Does the owner of the team care about that? No, no. that's your own no. personal issue. You're exactly. exactly. Right. But suddenly, oh, no, we're all in this together. Right. <laughs> and you know, we've, we've talked about this before. Baseball, baseball and the players, they don't get along. No, they, like, don't. they don't like each other. It's adversarial at the best of times. And even over the last couple of years, guys. They've been on a collision course for like a strike. Like mm -hmm. something's going to happen. At the end of the year, the collective bargaining agreement's up. They've got problems like around the corner already. I if you agree. notice, Cam, teams are hoarding money in baseball now. They're not spending money. Like the Red Sox make a ton of money. They cut their payroll. Yes. The Dodgers, eh, they can spend more even though they spend money. But the Dodgers weren't interested. Like they don't, sh they pick their spots now. Yeah. Talk to Jeter. Talk to Jeter and the fish and their yeah. post bucks. <laughs> Yeah, he's the second highest guy company. that I paid uh, the person there. Corey Dickerson <laughs> makes eight mil. Jeter makes five mil. I know. <laughs> five mil. Yeah. yeah well, how the hell yeah. do you make five mil to do what? Yeah. 
you get the call. Could you guys please like spend some more money? <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, yeah, so Andrew Miller, Cardinals reliever, and uh, he's the executive board member, says the way our sport works is we're not tied to revenue in any way. If the owners hit a home run and make more money, we don't go back and ask for more on our end. Ultimately, this isn't about money. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to find a way to safely get our players on the field in a safe manner and control that. Uh, I hope this uh, money uh, story doesn't turn into uh, doesn't turn into a money story. Which, come on, let's just be real, Miller. Me and Cam got your back on this, but don't tell us it's not about the money. It's exactly. about money. We already we're already believing you. Just don't lie. It sounds yeah. stupid. Just say this is we're getting screwed. Thank you. <laughs> End of discussion. No, you can come on. That's the thing. When it, when you have these quotes, it's like you take people for chumps and fools. Like obviously everything is about money in sports, right? So don't don't play dumb. But the I owners the safety, can't keep on doing this. The safety issue is real for them though, as well. I agree with that. Oh, definitely. And, and we've talked about it, Cam. Like basically. A lot of people see Korea, Korean baseball playing, and oh, how come they can't do a Major League Baseball if Korea did it? Well, they did a lot better job. They took a long time. It took over a month, guys, of preparation and testing. And it's a lot of the logistics are big to this. People wonder about the UFC. The UFC supposedly went through over 1,000 tests, 1,200 tests over the few days. Yep. Like, they were testing constantly. One fighter got it, too. Yeah, three people total. One fighter in the two corner. Yeah, now, they didn't uh, give me... Uh, it would have been nice if I got Hall away there, Gabe. Hold on, thought. Gabe, time decision continues. It's like, it's like a dead gopher up there. I know. It's just... I got the worst hairdo going. Like, the sides all... I, I got it's young. It actually looks like a toupee. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, it... it, it that is a great call. Like, I looked at it today, and I wake up, and it just, yeah, it, it looks like a rug. A very thick rug. You're absolutely right, Gabe, but I don't know what the hell's like going on. It's like a different on. color, though, even. Though. Yeah, what's no, going? I don't know what's going on. I used a new you, moose. You, you dye you know your hair I, red or something? Like, what's going on? Like, Remember when we did that show with, uh, like, Landsberg, like, 15 years ago? I found the moose, and that was probably a bad decision to put it in my hair, because I think it changed the color of my hair. But anyway, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, football schedule out. Buffalo Bills got a lot of primetime games. Hey, hey, hey. Like how Cam changes the subject from his hair. No, 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 no. We can talk about my hair, but, uh, Just, you know. Oh, <laughs> earlier in the week, earlier in the week, you had, like, uh, that Jerry Seinfeld sort of nine-year-old haircut thing going on. Yeah. Today, it's just, like, completely different. It's, it's like, it's like a daily thing now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's getting there. It's... <laughs> It's it's thick. Yeah. It <laughs> is thick. Oh, yeah, no, Dora, I'll put it back down a bit. But, uh, yeah, no, it is throwing me off, too, man. It's really thick. Like, I can keep pens and pencils and all sorts of stuff in there. But, yeah, it's a, it's a bad haircut. God, I can't wait for my Chinese barber to open up in a week and a half. I'm just going to go shave it off. <laughs> Eight bucks. All right, so the National Football League, the National Football League schedule uh, has been released. Uh, we got uh, quite a few things to actually hit on this uh, weekend edition uh, of the program. And uh, when I say a couple of uh, things to hit, we have a lot of NFL news. We've got more golf uh, news. We've got race car uh, racing uh, news. We've got a little NBA news. But let's get into the National Football League schedule uh, right now. Uh, the schedule was all about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and um, Tom Brady. Now, first things first. So the National Football League releases their schedule. They they released their normal schedule for kickoff on September the 10th. And one thing I want to say here, it amazes me 
And it did, I guess it shouldn't amaze me, but very few people actually out there, everybody was like acting as if though, hey, this is great. And oh, Monday night football, you know, on September, you know, the 14th and oh, the Giants are playing the Steelers. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> like, like, it was just like, there wasn't enough, like, you know, it was amazing too, because Adam Schefter brought it up and even Trey Wingo brought it up. And it was like ESPN kept bringing it up. But by the way, season really could start in October. Game time decision continues. I am Dave Brenzi, going down with the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart. Get on the grid at Sports Grid. Loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio. Shout out to uh, everybody where, wherever you are tuning in, whatever town or city you are in uh, right now. Uh, we're talking Major League Baseball. We'll get back to the UFC. Uh, but as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, there's the, you know, the logistics of it are pretty massive. And the finances are real as well, because it's going to cost the owners a lot of money to try to put all this together, actually. All those tests, and it's just, it's a massive endeavor. And without fans, they are losing some revenue. They're going to start to wonder if it's worth it. Like, I'll put it this That's way. I've, I've heard some baseball owners say, you know what? Playing 60 or 70 games without any fans is just pointless, and it doesn't do anything for me anyways. It's like really there's a few NFL owners are kind of on that. Like, there's a debate in the NFL camp. They said, you let's say you start September 10th, but you have no fans, or you start in November with fans. There's owners that are saying, let's just wait, commissioner. Yep. We yep. want the money. We want the fans, right? We don't want to give this up. The Canadian that's Football League greed. is already tapped out. They even had a meeting. It's like, yeah. this does not look good. We're like, they've almost quit before it started, right? So you got to believe the NFL owners are thinking, you know what? They that's made the financial point. choice in the CFL that without fans, it's it's not financially it's worth it. Exactly. And that, that they can't, sense. like they don't have the, the billions of dollars television rights. I'm surprised that TSN Television, who's the rights holder of the Canadian Football League, didn't tell them, no, 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 no. We'll, we we'll give you, we'll give you yeah. money. Like, make sure you get the games on. Exactly. But the, the CFL realized, to, to do for the CFL, they would have to do the exact same things that, like, the NFL does without any money. Yeah. Like, how the hell is the CFL supposed to test 48 guys every day, Cam? They don't have the money, the resources. It's just too much. And then what? So the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to play the Thai Cats, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they're just, it's, I don't have a problem with it. Shut it down, get ready. Everyone fix your books up. You're going to get a little bit of bailout, some relief funds. Set your books up and move forward. NFL will go on. But as far as baseball is concerned, this is the, the new plan, Ken. <laughs> what, the, the new preferred plan? Yeah, the new, yeah, the new preferred plan, which is somewhat delusional once again. Like, they're always just, they don't live in reality, these guys. So the new deal is they want to start in mid-July, all right? And they want to get going in, like, so basically in, in June, uh, a new spring training, and everybody gets ready for the season again. It's going to take another three weeks to a month, uh, essentially. That's too long. So a season of 80 games or more is, um, is the hope. I've heard 78 games, 80 games, 81 games. Teams would only face division rivals and play in the same geographical uh, division, and the other league to keep the games regional. So you'd only play your division rivals so, or teams in a division where the cities aren't that far from you. An expanded postseason format that would see seven teams go to the playoffs. Um, and teams would play 
in their home stadiums. That's the part I don't get. Like, so, like, a good, a good, a good example is, and this comes up right away, as they ask, what about the Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All yeah. travelers to Canada have to go into a 14-day quarantine. Like, it doesn't matter who. Like, um, if, if you're traveling, yep, so... everybody. Mm-hmm. So maybe by July, that, that's a different situation. But how, what if it isn't? What, what, what is it? What, what, what are the Blue Jays going to do? They're going to play somewhere else? And as we stated, I don't know. Like, I don't know, like, how excited the mayor of New York is or Governor Cuomo is to have them playing at Yankee Stadium or at Shea Stadium. Dodgers, uh, right. same way. Governor Newsom, like, this is bad. Yeah, they actually had a story, Gabe, where they're talking about the Blue Jays could move, uh, play their games in Buffalo, like, or something like that. You know, they're bit, they throw yeah, around a lot Buffalo. of different Oh, yeah, because the, the farm, that's their farm team. They got the stadium. It's not ideal. No. And, you know, so this is and certain, some teams, another thing is, you know, there's teams that we don't even know about they're going to have problems uh, because of this stuff, right? Like, there's going to be pockets where a bunch of people are going to get sick in the city and, what if you have to cancel games? Like, they really, there's really a lot to this. I think you and I agreed, Cam. Out of all of their ideas, the best one that they came up with, I thought, was the Florida Arizona Cactus Grapefruit League. It was actually, yes. It, not only it was it the a, most sick, they were already there, too. Exactly. Already, some of the players are already staying. They're all in Florida. A lot of these guys are in Florida, anyways. It's open for business. Another thing is geographic. Actually, the realignments of those divisions was better than the current divisions. They were even closer. Like, it was perfect. <clears throat> they had a great scenario going. I'm with you. It was the only plan that made sense. And then they kind of tossed it away for the new preferred plan. And we've had 11 preferred plans afterwards that just continue to get worse and worse. I'll tell you one thing. Spring training for that long, that's not a good vibe either. If you even want to get 78 games, man, the clock is ticking. We're in mid-May right now, Gabe. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, right. This isn't March or April. Like We're in mid-May point. and there's still things going on. Like Tick, 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 tick. The clock is ticking. You can't have three, four weeks of spring training and that stuff if you want to get it done. Like Baseball needs to figure out something almost immediately or there won't be a season. They are, and there's only so much time. Now, listen, they can play baseball into November. You know, it's, you know, the, the fall classic, so to speak. Yeah. But then we get into, well, the World Series got to be on a neutral field then. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Then that's another. Yeah, you can't be having right? it when so it's yeah. minus, minus, whatever. Yeah, what's your preferred November. plan? Oh, we're going to play our preferred plan in the home stadium? So what? Yeah. So what? let's say the Yankees play the Dodgers in the World Series. We're going to play baseball in, in New York City on, like, November 27th? Exactly. Come on, man. It's going to be good snow. What, December <laughs> the 5th, your preferred plan? No, that's the, uh, that's preferred plan sounds like a bad plan to I me. Mean, it's funny. It's, the, uh, <laughs> the neutral site plans have been shot down. And it was the players. They yeah. said, we're not doing it. It's a non-starter. We're not living in quarantine and we're not moving there without our families. The owners have dropped it. So you see what I'm saying? Like people like you're gonna, people are going to start to find out the power that the Major League Baseball Players uh, Union has. And they're not UFC fighters. That's the whole thing. Hey, God bless Justin Gaethje. Well, I want to talk about the card. But those guys need the money. Yes. Like Gaethje needs the money. They don't have a union, UFC fighters. And, and oh, yeah, this was real classy and uh, nice uh, touch uh, by the UFC, actually. Anybody that complained about any safety issues was not eligible for a bonus, Ken. Oh, great. These guys, they're too much. I got to tell you something. They need a union because the way Dana treats uh, his employees, after a while, 
you know what? You're getting sick of do this, do that. Like you ever hear, hey, it's great. You know how much money they made on this card? It was the only damn game in town. And you're, and you're what? You got a problem with like greasing people after they take their lives in their hands? Let's be real about things, man. If anybody needs a union, it's the damn UFC. Those fighters, they, they oh, show they up do. in they any won't. type of situation. They, never they, have fighter, they have a fighter and two cornermen who get COVID-19 before. I could tell you, if that was me or you, I'd be going, what the hell is going on? They could have canceled that thing. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Who knows what's going to happen two weeks after the fact? Does anybody else have it? They were all in quarantine, Gabe. Let's well, put our that's... heads together. We're not stupid. Like, these, yeah. these guys need a union because they get taken advantage of a lot. My take. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, too, because Dana White's getting all the credit. Oh, great job, oh, yeah, Dana great White. Job. Like, yeah, Dana yeah. White did not the one that's punching people yeah. in the face. Like, he's exactly. not the one doing anything. <laughs> exactly. He's not the one bleeding. COVID-19, you got guys spitting all over the place. Buddy's face is like hamburger there. Like, you saw it. I don't even know how Tony Ferguson is. His face is made out of titanium. Like, he should have been legally dead after taking that many shots. But anyway, like, yeah, I'm with you. Dana, you don't do the fighting, so simmer down a little bit. Well, that's the one thing about Tony Ferguson. We talked about how, wow, this guy can really take a punch and absorb punishment. Yeah. The problem is he absorbed too much punishment. <laughs> yes, he right? did. It was like one of those deals. Like, all right, like uh, you showed you're not going to get knocked out. Mm -hmm. Like, And, and, and I've got to be honest with you, Kev. Even going into like the third round, I wasn't panicked. Me neither. I was like, you know what? Gaethje has hit him with everything. Yep. And Gaethje knocks everybody out all the time. He has given this guy everything, man. Like, everything that he has. And Ferguson, his cardio, he was still coming, and he looked yep. good. And I still thought, I was like, you know what? Gaethje's going to get tired, and Ferguson's going to uh, begin to slowly uh, take over. Um, didn't happen. Gaethje didn't get tired. He kept on just throwing bombs, bomb after bomb, and it was just too many, too many shots for Ferguson to overcome. Really fun fight, though, wasn't it? And mad props to Justin Gaethje. This is a guy, Cam. And listen, I won on the over in a fight. Mm -hmm. at, at plus money as well. So that was about a two and a half. But I, we're on the wrong side of Ferguson. But I do respect the hell out of Justin Gaethje. I do, Just, too. Justin Gaethje is a guy, Cam. He used to be in the World Series of Fighting. All right? Like, there was a company called the World Series of Fighting. And, um, you know, I was sort of lower than Bellator, even. You know, you got UFC, Bellator... Yeah, it was just some, some one of these new. It was a controversial company for a lot of different reasons about the owners and stuff. But that's beside the point. Um, but he was he was in the World Series of Fighting, and he was knocking everybody out. And I don't know. I think he was like fourteen and zero or something at the time. Thirteen and fourteen and zero. Yep. And people were like, uh, "Man, how come you don't sign Justin Gaethje in the UFC? This guy's like a killer. He's knocking everyone out. Great fighter." And uh, Dana White said, "No, nah, he's not a great fighter." Dana said, like basically. <laughs> said he beats tomato cans. The World Series of Fighting sucks. He's mm -hmm. like, uh, he's not even Bellator caliber, basically, he said. Yeah, sure. He said he should, that's what he said. He goes, he should work his way up and go to Bellator after this. He's not ready to fight in the UFC. That's another so, problem. With, that's another problem. I'm just with stating that if it, nothing yeah. was given to this guy, Gaethje, Ken. Uh -huh. Like, he worked his way up from the bottom of mixed martial arts, bro. Like, he was fighting in front of nobody for, like, very little money and stuff. He really did climb his ladder, uh, you know, to get to the point where he was. He's now a champion, an interim champion. But nevertheless, so mad props to him. Even though I was on the wrong side of the fight, I'm still going to give the guy a lot of uh, uh, respect uh, for what he did. Yeah, I love Ferguson too. We were on the wrong side, and the one thing me and you didn't account for 
We knew Tony could take punishment. I didn't know Gaethje uh, that long, his cardio would be that good. I don't know. And he deserves tons of credit for working on things in his game too. And he took a real big shot from Ferguson at the end of the round two there. That yeah. could have been the end of him. And he came back. So look at him. His pain threshold's improved. His cardio's improved. And he's become a better fighter. I got to tell you, that was almost a flawless fight by him. And you talk about Khabib. He, I think he would have gave Khabib a run for his money that night. Because I... Gaethje just looks special. Like, there's something about this guy. He just keeps on evolving as a fighter, and that's scary. You know, Joe Rogan brought it up, actually. And listen, you and I talked about this with Tony Ferguson, about how every fighter that fought him always said after, they're like, you know, he's so uh, he's so relentless and reckless that it's hard to fight him. And we'll continue this conversation on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decision continues. I am Gabriel Brunson with going down the Raging Redhead Cam Store talking UFC and we have more UFC on the horizon as well, guys. We're throwing it down on Wednesday night. Tomorrow we'll uh, jump uh, right back in. We're going to step up uh, right back into the octagon and uh, and break it down. It really is amazing, though. We talked about it before. And me and Cam have kidded about this in the past, guys. Like, there's been times where I've risked like $17,000 on games over the span of a weekend. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the weekend, plus $37, <laughs> minus $17. Exactly. And it's like, I don't even know how that's possible. I bet like... $300 a game, literally on like 30 games or something, <laughs> a million halftime bets, and at the end, I won 37 bucks, or right. I lost 37 bucks. And it was the same thing for me, basically, Cam, on Saturday with the UFC. I, you know, I bet, I didn't go crazy, but I bet almost every fight. I had like nine bets, and at the end of the night, somehow, I went, listen, I went five and four with my nine picks. I went five and four. We ended up losing $13. But it was frustrating. And you brought up Michelle Waterson earlier. She won that fight. We got I thought back. I thought she did, too. Like, she dominated you know. that fight early. And I don't understand. See, when I see, this is the thing. Everyone talks about judging. You can't have a fight that close and then go 30-27 for one and yeah. then do 30-27 for the other. That means you were in the pisser. You weren't paying attention. You were not even there to judge that fight. Like, that's the thing. You can understand like, how, a 29-28 scorecard. Yeah. Is one fighter wins all three rounds, yeah. dominant. All right, 30-27, dominant. Sure. And for people unaware, one judge had Waterson 30-27, and another judge had Asparza 30-27. That should be Neither impossible. Neither of them won the fight 30-27. to 27. Like, I, I don't know what the hell they were watching, either of them. And and then, you know, the other guy, 29-28, Asparza, I think he got it wrong, too. I agree. Uh, after the fact. Listen, bad... Bad uh, judging decisions, Cam, is part of the business. Yeah, It's even, part of the business it, for a fighter. It's part of the business for a gambler as well. And there's been much, much worse ones, all right? There's oh, been I know way that. worse decisions. But nevertheless, Watterson did get screwed over. And you know what's funny, actually? We were on the right side of it. I Pettis? didn't think Pettis won the fight. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. He was surprised when they announced the win. Do you remember? When they announced the winner, Pettis sort of looked surprised when it was him. I got to tell you, that could have been a split decision. Like, that fight could have gone either way. 
I, I felt like you. I thought Cerrone was uh, maybe going to win. And I'm like, hey, yeah, Pettis was like, oh, my God, I won? He seemed surprised. But that's what happened. So we got one that could have gone either way. And the other one I thought uh, we got screwed on. But I still think Pettis, Pettis might have won a little bit. He looked uh, – he had more control. Cerrone, Cerrone was good, though. It was a very, very tight fight. But uh, I, I'll give Pettis the edge. Um, Dominic Cruz is very upset uh, with the referee. And I, I can understand why. I get why. So Dominic Cruz uh, fought Henry Cejudo, and man, Cejudo's just like a little Tasmanian devil, isn't that guy? Like just that face in his head, like everything about him. He just ah, he just looks like you're right. He comes in like that bristled hair and that mean face. Like he's very, very, yeah, he's scary dude, man. For a small guy, he was messing Cruz up pretty good. He was messing Cruz up. He's kind of a slow starter, Cejudo, but he's messing Cruz up pretty good. And they stopped the fight with two seconds left in a round. And you're not supposed, you know, there's two schools of thought. If the referee's supposed to say, it doesn't matter, I don't look, I don't even know how much time is left, it's irrelevant to me. If a fighter is in danger, I need to stop it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, can't. Two freaking seconds, bro. I'm with you. Like, I, I, that's one, two. Like, that's exactly. two seconds. It's like do? Dominic Cruz stated, he said, I've been in that position a lot before, guys. He goes, yes, I was getting beat up, but there was two seconds left, and I was going to go to my corner after and regroup. He never got that opportunity. He was going to lose anyways, though. I agree. Right? So you're gonna, you were going to lose anyways, Dom. Goes to show his competitive spirit that he still has right now. Guy looked great for guys and fought in four years, comes back. Yet very strong accusations by Dominic Cruz after. And strong accusations, I think stupid accusations, he accused the referee of being drunk. <laughs> no, no, but he didn't say, oh, your guy was yeah, drunk. Yeah. He said, he goes, I'm very concerned uh, that he smelled like cigarettes and alcohol in the cage. And he goes, I think he was an inebriate. He was like, he was intoxicated. And That's people are like, and that is a pretty strong allegation. And people are like, well, I don't know. Dana White's standing right there, too. Dana White would smell booze on him. Like, how come nobody else in the property, not one person said, hey, you know what? We think that ref is drunk right now. He's the only guy that brought that up after the fact. Pretty weak, yeah. actually, to bring that up and say that. I agree. That's uh, And that's an that's an allegation that just goes a little bit too far. Like, if you say that... People are laughing at him, too, Cam, because you're like, oh, he smells like cigarettes. They're like, yeah, it's not, cigarettes aren't illegal, bro. <laughs> Cigarettes and booze, though, I can understand. He's just like yeah, bar, yeah. Bar, 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 bar sense, you know what I mean? Usually they go they go hand in hand. So yeah, uh, speaking of that, there's no bar there. Yeah. Like, what, where's his what? The guy drinking in a flask in the room, having a smoke? Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, there's people everywhere around there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not even allowed alcohol backstage at the UFC. I know I got in trouble firsthand. Um, Try to see a couple travelers there. Hey, what's in the bag? Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> sitting in the room, man. You're like, no, no, you're not. It's actually like a policy. There's not yeah. alcohol allowed in a UFC dressing room or in a backstage area uh, at all. Um, they will after the fight, you know what I mean, and whatever. But, like, leading up before, there's, like, a, there's a rule. Uh, like, fighters can have a six-pack in the room for celebration after, but other people can't be walking around drinking back there and stuff. It's not a bar. It's like a place of business. Um, so Henry Cejudo says after he's done, he's going to retire. That's crazy. Why? Uh, it's. I don't think he is, Cam. I think it's a monetary ploy here. Yeah, it could be. Mm -hmm. You know what his problem is? He is 
listen, man, Khabib says he's the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter ever. And he said, how do you dispute it? He goes, he's an Olympic gold medalist, and he's a multiple champion in multiple weight classes in the UFC. How do you, like, no one's ever done this before. Like, he is, so they're like, he is the guy. The problem is, Cam, the smaller fighters, they don't sell tickets, bro, or pay-per-views. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, people aren't as impressed by him beating everybody as, like, if GSP won 10 in a row or 12 in a row. And the level of competition, he sort of doesn't have a ton of guys to fight. That's why he fought Dominic Cruz. And, like, he, fought, he was supposed to fight Aldo. Like, he doesn't have a lot of options. He's beaten everybody already. So there's not, like, as great as he is, people don't salivate, like, ah, oh, when Cejudo's fighting again? Who's he fighting next? And so monetarily-wise, he's not going to make as much as, like, a, a heavyweight champion. And it bothers him because he's better than those guys. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I'm a, like, UFC title holder in two, two weight classes. Yeah, I don't really make that much money. And they're telling him because, well, whatever. People don't, you know, you're, you're, it's a smaller weight class. And word is he wants $2 million a fight. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's I, a They're lot. not going to give him $2 million a fight. They no, they're not. no, they're like, not. He doesn't so. sell enough to justify it. He's calling their bluff. He's just basically saying, okay, I'm done for a while. Hopefully people, hey, where's Cejudo? You're right. It's probably a, a ploy. But, hey. You can only fight who you're fighting on the schedule. You talk about it, man. The guy shows up for every type of fight and he wins. He's dominant. So you got to give the guy a lot of credit too. And hey, that sucks. He's in that weight division, but he always takes care of business. Maybe uh, what does he got to do? Does he got to put on some poundage and uh, figure it out or what? Like, that's the thing. Like maybe it's time to move on to a new challenge if you're that good and you're killing everybody. Now, we talked about uh, we talked about Khabib. And of course, Khabib is, uh, is lurking. Uh, right learned. now, yep. a lot of people are now, wow, Khabib versus Justin Gaethje would be a really fun fight, and it really would be, but you know what else would be a really fun fight uh, as well? Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor. I would love that fight. Gaethje versus McGregor. Like, <laughs> Conor, you run your mouth all the time and stuff. Gaethje doesn't really talk much. He does a bit, but he just shows up at... I wanted to bring this up, actually, too. Uh, we sort of threw it out there. We talked about how Tony Ferguson, one of the strengths of Tony Ferguson was that he doesn't care, right? In a cage, he doesn't care if he gets hit. He'll be reckless. He doesn't care if he loses, like, deep down inside. Like, some guys will fight cautiously because they don't want to lose. And they're not going to do something because they're like, nah, if it doesn't work, then I'm going to lose. So they won't do it. Justin Gaethje doesn't care even more than Ferguson does. Mm -hmm. Like, in a sense. Like, Rogan talked about that. Like, Justin Gaethje does not feel bad if he loses a fight camp. You know, like, you know, Ronda Rousey, like, hid for a oh, year, yeah. like, lived in the dark and cried every day. Yeah, like Exactly. Like, some guys, like, he does not care. Like, he said, it doesn't change my life. Like, I don't care. I don't care if I win or lose. You know what? It's the right goes, attitude I don't to have. have a fight. He goes, if I win, great. If I lose, fine. I Think have fun. It. I made money. I don't care if I win or lose. And because of that, he can fight like that. That's what I'm talking about. If you look at the one fight, when you're taking your life in your hands, that is the proper attitude to have. If you think about everything, win, loss, this, every little thing, and worry about everything, you get in your own head. When you're in your own head, you're dead. That, especially in the fight game. You got to walk into that octagon with a clean mind and you can't be thinking about others to have a million thoughts in your head. Oh, I had a fight with my girlfriend. This isn't going well. You need to be clear. 
you need to be ready to go. And the fact that you go all or nothing and not care is a positive thing. You could also shake off things a lot quicker than other people that are emotional. You said it. Once Ronda Rousey freaked out and lost, she lost her game. She was never the same person. You got that's why he yeah, Gaethje, look at Gaethje. Yes, like I he's said, got Gaethje was 13 and 0, 14 and 0, whatever World Series of fighting. Bro, he lost twice in the UFC. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you're a badass knocking everyone out. Hey, look, you're not dominating everyone here. He lost a couple of fights. Then he got back on track, though. Mm -hmm. You know, he like he he like it was a learning process losing a couple of fights. Similar to Nagano, who, oh my god, that guy's a scary dude. Bro. That guy, oh my god. Imagine like he, he I thought that Jarazino was dead for a minute. I was oh, like, I, man, I, I, I hope that this guy's not dead. Like no. he was he wasn't moving. Like he was in like a lump. And yeah. I was like, dude, man, this guy is like knocked the F out, but he ain't moving. And I saw Nagano get worried, kind of. Nagano sort of went over and was like, man, is he okay? And yeah. wow, like holy crap, man. Like just he took a shot, Nagano, and he missed, okay? <laughs> he swung and he missed like by an inch. Like he just missed him. Then he sort of like did this weird over-the-top like punch. He tried to hit him on the top of the head. Yeah. He also missed again. <laughs> like it was like a violent explosion by Nagano. He didn't do anything for like 15 seconds. Nagano just stood there and did nothing. And then it was like just this wild one punch missed, the other punch missed. He came in for a third one that sort of grazed him. And then it was the fourth one. It was a left hand that just came, boom. And it's all it took. Yep, so like you, when you saw like the wild flurry, it was like, oh my God. He really only got hit once then. All right? Like they all missed. And then it just took that one shot, that left. And boom, man, he went down in a heap. And then I don't know if you remember, Cam. I'm just saying, I remember so vividly, Nagano came in and when he was down, hit him in the side of the head. Right? Yeah, that's Temple and shot. He didn't have to do it, but the thing is, the fight wasn't over yet. So that's the it, thing. People, it is people, what it is. People don't understand, too. Another thing is, you ever been in a fist fight? Like, your adrenaline's flowing. Like, you might want to, like, you might have that one extra shot before your mind kicks and goes, this guy could be in big trouble right here. I remember when we were in Vegas, the only other time I thought a guy was dead, I thought Dan Henderson killed Michael Bisping that fight we yeah. were at. The way, remember when he knocked him out? I go, is he dead? Like, we were actually concerned, like, because Bisping kind of was like, he was down and kind of flopped. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, what? Like, he looked like was, he was almost dead. Was, that was a cheap shot he did after, too. It was. Oh, yeah, he, the, knocked, yeah. he knocked Bisping out clean. And boom. Then, boom. Bisping went down straight, like right out of a movie. Like yeah. straight, bam, you're right. Like, bam, smashed his head on the mat. And without missing a beat, remember Henderson flew in on top of him? Oh, I know. And smashed his face again. It's like, bro, yeah. he's already knocked out. Yeah, that, that, that was like, that man, was The thing is, Henderson did it so fast where he knew the ref's going to stop this. I'm getting another shot in before. Like, he raced to beat the ref there, Ken. Oh, you know what I mean? He was like, I'm getting him. But if you remember, Bisping used to talk mad He talked mad, uh, mad nonsense before that fight. You're right. That's why you got to be careful what you, what you say. Because <laughs> guys are going to kill you. That yeah, was that the was old crazy. days at UFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Murchis. Going down with the raging redhead. Cam Stewart, man. Time just uh, flying by on this program. And when we get started... Talking about the UFC, the card was that much fun. We're talking about Justin Gaethje 
versus Khabib and the odds, preliminary odds, obviously. They're, they're just set uh, out there right now as a, as a guide, uh, so to speak. We're a long way from Gaethje uh, fighting uh, Khabib. Conor McGregor, though, doesn't really have a say in this. He's going to want to jump in here, but Gaethje's the interim champion, and Khabib is the real champion. So they have to fight each other. And, you know, and Conor, Conor can fight uh, Jorge Masvidal, another badass can. He's got some real badasses right now in the UFC. Uh, but Justin Gaethje versus Conor McGregor, we've got a number for that as well, Cam. And uh, Gaethje, Gaethje, um, plus, uh, plus 100. Conor McGregor, small favorite, minus 125. Conor McGregor, minus 125 against Gaethje. I got to take Gaethje. Uh, I know the thing is for people, is he going to have like fall back after this fight? I don't think so. I just think he's a guy with his pen. Like he is swinging upwards big time. I think he could beat McGregor. McGregor's good. I know he's not hitting the bars here for COVID-19, but Gaethje's a killer. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll take him even money. No problem. It's interesting. So you know, it just goes to show how good Khabib really is though. Yes. Even like with the odds makers. So Gaethje versus Connor fights a pick him. Yeah. Um, Gaethje versus Khabib. Khabib's minus 270. Yeah, he's almost three to one favorite. That's like crazy. That, that's yeah. how good Khabib is, how respected Khabib is uh, by uh, by the odds makers. So we've got um, we've got another fight card, guys, on Wednesday. UFC on ESPN 31. Um, so this last one, of course, was uh, UFC 249. UFC on uh, um, UFC on ESPN. So whatever. It's UFC uh, Fight Night 31. <laughs> So complicated. What's going to happen it? when we're older? UFC 300 and like, <laughs> ESPN plus 40. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, you look at it even on your sports book, it gives you a headache. You're like, okay, click. No, There's really so many nuts. different. No, yeah, it's UFC like, come on. on ESPN plus. plus. And not even ESPN. ESPN plus. Plus. Yeah, e UFC on ESPN plus 31. Exactly. That's what this is. Plus 31. Am I what? I get 31 points? Yeah, exactly. 31 rocks. Yeah, 31 rocks. Uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Smith is on the card, actually. Uh, we'll talk about him in the second hour a little bit. He's the guy that had to fight off the home invader. I remember he said, yeah, the home invader. He goes, I need this guy. I gave him everything that I had. Couldn't knock him out. <laughs> and now he's got to knock out Glover Kachera to see if he's easier to deal with than a home invader in Nebraska was get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.